welcome to this week's Prep Rally Podcast. I'm Dominique Gates. Joining me is Jason Frakes. We are coming off another great week of high school football and really all things high school sports. We're gearing up for another week once again. We've already had plenty of postseason action. We've been covering field hockey state championships. We got region volleyball, cross country. We got so much that's going on, but it's the rivalry week. It's the week. Mail manual. I was so upset we didn't have this game last year. My first one was two years ago, and it lived up to the hype, and it was really fun to cover that game. So I'm really excited that it's back. And we also have other good games on tap, but, I mean, you can't beat that mail manual week. Just the, I don't know, the feeling in the air, yeah. if you will. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a special thing for the city. Um, you know, <laughs> it's crazy they didn't play last year the first time since 1918. So they played every <laughs> – Every year for a hundred years, and then they don't play last year because of COVID. Um, you know, I, I remember when the regular season game got canceled. Um, you know, the coaches and the communities—they're—they're they're both hoping that there was some way that they might meet in the playoffs, yeah, just so they could sort of uh, continue the streak. But it didn't happen, so um, it's good to have that game back this year. And I mean, it's—it's. It's, two of the best teams in the state. Yeah, and I remember uh, at some point the male coach, Chris Wolf, he said, like, let's have, like, a Christmas morning yeah. male manual game. Yeah. And I remember when he tweeted that, and even me, you know, like, I, who doesn't enjoy Christmas? But even I was thinking, like, if they play this game, I'm going to cover it. Yeah. That Christmas yeah. morning, and yeah. that would have been, like, really, really fun. So I, I hate that that didn't work out. But still, we're going to actually play it, and the game will matter. This week, so that, that's going to kind of matter in a way. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> it'll the, matter to both of them for sure. Yeah, obviously, when we're talking about like playoffs and home field advantage, that's pretty much set in stone. But yeah. as far as when we're talking rivalries and the bragging rights and just oh, yeah. all the fun that comes with it, uh, it's exciting. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But before we do, let, let's talk about some other news that's went on this week and. Here was something that, you know, I, I'll go ahead and start in advance. I might ruffle a few feathers. I don't know. The JCPS folks might call you, Jason, and say, we don't like your friend Dominique. And then you'll say, well, he's not my friend. <laughs> I just work with him. But I, I, I want to jump in. Easy answer right there. Yeah, right? We're not friends at all. I'm forced to do this podcast with them. Uh, but it's the JCPS, the test to play program that they have now for sports and just all extracurriculars. Now, it starts on Monday. Regardless of vaccination status, all JCPS students must participate in weekly COVID-19 testing in order to participate in just those sports and everything, even you know clubs, bands, you name it. Here's why I don't like it, and I'm going to go ahead and say that. From the beginning of this entire pandemic, as soon as the vaccine was available and everyone was eligible, that's been the message. Get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Yep. It's still the message. Get vaccinated. As young as 12 years old, you can go and get this shot. And now people are getting the booster. That's been the message. And in a way, the way the politicians and people have been talking about, we could have a quote unquote normal life again, whatever that might be, if you get the vaccine. So for me, when I see what JCPS is doing for even these high school kids that are getting vaccinated, you still have to, you can say, get that shot up your nose, get that, you know, get your brain poked. <laughs> I've had five COVID tests. They were all horrible. Mm -hmm. I feel like my mentality is like we're almost penalizing the kids that do get vaccinated. 
that's what I don't like about this. So it's like, oh, good for you for getting vaccinated. You're doing the right thing regardless. I know I'm not going to get into that political aspect, but good for you for getting vaccinated. But we're still going to give you this shot or not this shot. We're still going to poke your brain. We're still going to give you this COVID test. That's what I don't like about it. And in my opinion, I feel like it will discourage some kids from wanting to get the vaccine and because that's going to be their mentality. Well, then why do I need to get the vaccine if I'm still going to get COVID test every week? So that's what I don't like about this. So I do have a problem with JCPS having this program in place. I understand when we have the vaccine, you're still at risk for getting COVID. There's no such thing as a perfect vaccine because this is an imperfect virus. But I just don't like this setup that even if you are vaccinated, you're still forced to get a COVID test. So that's what I don't like about this. I know that they're just trying to find a way that we won't have delays in the high school basketball season and all of that. But I just feel like this isn't the program that we need to have. And I tried to be nice about it. I'm trying not to be too rude about it, but I just don't like this program at all, if you ask me. And I just feel like because of that, there could be some high school kids that won't want to get the vaccine now because they're still going to have to get a COVID test. I've I've had one AD at a, at a JCPS high school who would not talk on the record, probably for fear of repercussion. Mm-hmm. And he made the exact same argument you just made. He said that there are kids at his – there are athletes at his school who simply got the shot so they wouldn't have to get tested. Yeah, and so you know, and the way it works now, if if one of your teammates tests positive, you no longer have to quarantine if you've been vaccinated and you're not showing any symptoms. <laughs> so I, I sort of see is I see your point. I mean, if if the only reason you're getting vaccinated is so you don't have to get tested and you still have to get tested, then yeah, I, I can see where that does take away some of the incentive. Um, now, you know, we asked the question yesterday at the press conference they had, um, you know, why are you testing vaccinated kids? And, you know, I think the answers were, I don't know. I, you know, Dr. Stone explained it in a way that, that maybe – you know, I, I think there are still breakthrough cases of, of people who are vaccinated um, still getting it. So they want to take care of that. Um, and as far as, you know, sports and extracurriculars go, her explanation was that in those settings, um, you can't control those settings like you can when kids are in school. So uh, they want to be extra vigilant. Now, it's up to you to decide whether those reasons are enough to get it or enough to continue it. I think my main thing is, you know, the whole, we want to have an uninterrupted season. I mean, for the most part, football has been uninterrupted. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning of the year, there were a few cancellations, but we've gotten towards the end of the year. There haven't been hardly any cancellations because Mm -hmm. of COVID now. And the numbers are on the decline. Hopefully they will stay there. Yep. So I, th- I think the timing of this is a little curious. If you're if you're saying, um, you know, we want to avoid what happened last basketball season, well, there, there's there's no signs pointing to there's going to be an issue. Now, the the argument on the other side is that we're about to head indoors. 
Um, so, you know, it's a little more risky when you're going indoors. You don't have, you know, the air flowing around and stuff like that. So I get that. Um, you know, this, this whole issue has become so political yeah. um, that whatever decisions are made, you can almost um, – you don't even have to guess anymore. You know where people are going to lie uh, on decisions on this pretty much based on their political philosophy. So, um, you know, the conspiracy theorist in, in us all wants to know exactly why this is happening and why it's happening now. And, you know, I've thought about it, and I really can't come up with a reason why this is going on now other than some people think this is the best course going going forward. So um, we'll see what happens. I, I think the, the main uh, – the main thing people are worried about is is false positives, and yeah. you know I asked the question yesterday: Are football players going to be involved in this, or is this just a winter sports thing? And I'm told starting Monday this will include football players. So, what if you have a vaccinated football player who's really good, yeah. <laughs> gets a false positive and can't play in a playoff game, and then then we're going to have a problem. Yep. I, that's my thing. Like you mentioned, the, the the biggest point you nailed on the head, timing. November 2021, we have three vaccines available. What I believe two are FDA approved. And like you said, the positivity rate, it's down to 5%. The cases are going down. And like you said, we haven't even had that many cancellations throughout this, you know, down this stretch of the football season. And again, we're encouraging people to get vaccinated and do their part. You know, like you wanted to go enjoy watching the Braves with your family. You were able to do that because you feel comfortable being vaccinated. I am too. Being able to spend time with my family or go into a restaurant or anything like that. A date night, you just fill in the blanks. And I feel comfortable doing that because I'm vaccinated. So these kids should be able to say, I'm vaccinated. I should be able to play a full season of insert sport and not feel uncomfortable. But now it's just like, okay, what's the point of getting the vaccine if this is what's going to be the case? So that's why I don't like it. And, again, I'm not trying to get any feathers ruffled, but, again, I think it has become very political. I just, again, I don't understand why at this point in time, heading into November of 2021, with plenty of vaccines available, kids as young as 12 years old can get it now, why are we – acting like we're still at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. That's all I got. Let's talk football now. Yeah. You ready? Let's all dive right. into it. There were some interesting games, to say the least, this past Friday. Some scores that, in some cases, were very lopsided. Some interesting first halves, if you will. And let's jump into the game that we were at, male Bullet East. Let me start off by saying I like Bullet East. I like that team. That offense was really fun to watch, at least for the first half. They have some really talented players, and uh, I just loved what they were doing. And they had Mel on the hills a little bit, and and it was really interesting for Mel. We we talked about this before. The first half Mel team I saw this past Friday looked like a team that could very well lose the state championship. Granted, everyone says like it's theirs for the taking. The first half Mel team I saw that had a bunch of penalties had like what twelve or thirteen penalties that had like three touchdowns called back because of those penalties that struggled moving the ball at times and could not stop that Chargers offense. I said, okay, this is a team that could very well lose the state championship. Now the second half, 
it looked like a team that is going to comfortably run the table. So it was fun to see that back and forth game. But when Mel is on, and especially how they tightened up on defense in the second half, that's the Mel team that looked like that well-oiled machine that we've talked about. And Chris Wolf made the point they haven't been hitting the mouth lately. You know, they have against St. X, they have against Trinity a few weeks ago, but in terms as consistently, that hasn't happened. So it was a good test for them in that first half. The second half, they really turned it up. But I will also say and flip it, because we saw a lot of juniors for Bullardese make some plays, like Travis Egan and those guys. So the future is really bright for them, but they're also a team that I don't rule out making some things, you know, make it a little interesting uh, when we get into the playoffs. So I guess what were your impressions on maybe that game and some other games? Yeah, I mean, it's 14-14 midway through the second quarter, and you're thinking, okay, you know, this Bullardese team is for real. And they were for real. They're, they're very good, and like you mentioned, they have several juniors um, they're going to be really, really good next year. So um, that'll be interesting to see. I, the times I've covered Mayo, you know, I almost feel like they're bored. <laughs> you know, and I know Chris Wolf's not going to say that. That's just me talking. But it's almost like we know we're the best team. We know we can turn it on whenever we want to. And that's exactly what they did in the, in the second half. They they turned it on and they outscored them. I think forty one to nothing. Yeah. In the, in the second half. So now on the flip side of that, Bullet East got incredibly conservative with their offense in the second half. Looked yeah. nothing like what they were doing in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, asked Ethan actually about that after the game, and he said, you know, we have to run the ball in order to beat Mayo and. I'm not sure that they can do that this year. So yeah. maybe they need to throw it 60 times if they want to. And maybe, you know, when we when they probably face each other in the second round of the playoffs, maybe that will be the strategy. So um, we'll see what happens there. But, um, you know, Mel's defense dominated in the second half. They, you know, Travis Egan didn't have much time to throw when he did throw. And, you know, they ran it up the middle a lot, and they didn't get much out of that. So, um but, yes, uh, you know, I think Bullet East deserves to be a top-10 team in 6A. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think they will get a rematch with Mayo in the second round, and, you know, we'll see if they uh, – you know, what they learn from this. We'll see if they – I can't imagine they're going to go conservative on offense in the second half, uh, but we'll see what happens there. I think what stood out to me whenever, like, the, the switch came on for Mayo the, in that second quarter – where they just back-to-back touchdowns, and it was 28-14, yeah. to 14, especially just the bomb that Nick Shuddy threw to Vinny Anthony to make it 28-14. to 14. I do feel like, in a way, the Chargers got a little rattled, and I feel like in the second yeah. half, they were trying to say, okay, let's just not get embarrassed the rest yeah. of the way. So I do feel like they got a little conservative with that play calling, but again, you can't just keep giving the ball back to Mel, and I think that's when it was able to get out of hand. But I feel like they were just like, okay, let's just get out of this game. Yeah. And that's, I think that was what stood out to me in that second half. So that was why, yeah, I feel like they were just going for deep passes, going for it on fourth down. They were flying all over the place, all this yeah. energy uh, in that first half. But then I guess, yeah, I think reality did set in a little bit in that second half. So I feel like they was like, all right, guys, let's just let's just get the hell out of here. Yeah. I, I feel like that's just what happened and a plus, little bit. You know, the thing about Bullet East is a lot of their stars on offense are playing both ways. Like, yeah. You know, we see Travis Egan playing quarterback, and he's also playing middle linebacker. Yeah. Now, he didn't play every down on defense, but he's playing a lot of downs on defense. Yeah. And that's just 
you know, that's going to be the next step for them because, you know, the the top 6A programs, they're not doing that. No. I mean, you might occasionally have seen a Rondell Moore um, fraternity play defensive back just on slight occasions, you know, in, in, in people like that. But I, I think probably almost all of their skill kids were playing defense at some point. So um, that could be part of the issue in the second half, too, that they just uh, wore down a little bit. But uh, – you know they're going to have to find some depth on that defense in order to compete with uh, the top end of six A. And uh, but that offense is impressive, very impressive. So let's very briefly too. Let's look at some other games and scores that jumped out. And here is one that I was far off on. That was Franklin County and Central. I, I, I mean, obviously we talked about it on the show uh, last week on the podcast that you know when you have the best player on the field, especially on that level, it's going to be good for you. So, with Franklin County having Mr. Mormon, uh, the U.K. guy, he was unstoppable. Yeah. And I was surprised because, obviously, Central, because of the team that they play in the schedule, you know that they've seen some, quote-unquote, superstar players. But you can also tell that it's been a while since they have played someone of that caliber. Yeah. And it showed. Uh, that was a very dominant win for Franklin County. Yeah. and. I don't know what that will mean uh, down the road, but at least it shows as of now what we've learned is that this district is still going to run through Franklin County. Yeah, and I mean, I, I can hear Marvin Dancer now saying, well, just remember what happened last year. Cause, yeah, you yeah. Know, Central went to Franklin County in the regular season and won that game, uh, came down to the last uh, minute of the game. Malachi Williams had a touchdown run to, to give them the win, and then – in the second round of the playoffs last year, Franklin County came up here to Central and kicked their butts. So, um, you know, I'm sure Central is hoping, you know, that these teams are probably going to play again in the second round of the playoffs, um, that they can turn the tide there. But, uh, you know, unless something, you know, God forbid happens to Caden Mormon, um, you know, he's going to be on that field and he's going to – Central's going to have to find a way to slow him down or – or their season will definitely be op- over in the sec- in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So before we uh, move along to uh, this upcoming week, what are some other things that may have stood out to you? I know before we started the show, there was uh, Spencer County, yeah. uh, that big win for them over John Harden. That was one that another game that really, really uh, was surprising. And uh, what were some other things that kind of yeah, stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, Spencer County being John Harden was a huge win for them, 35-7. Yeah. Uh, to 7. Yeah. Um, you know they're they're having a really good year at Spencer County Class Four A. They're ranked in the top ten. Yeah. Uh, Mike Marksbury always does a good job there. But if you kind of dive into their schedule a little bit more, um, it sort of reveals just how competitive they've been all year. You know they've all they lost to Bullet East twenty eight to fourteen, so they're in that game. They lost to Bardstown forty two to thirty seven. Barstown's undefeated, yeah. uh, ranked number two in, in uh, Class 3A. Yeah. They beat Collins, who's having a really good year in yeah. 5A. They beat Collins 37-26. to 26. So, um, you know, they beat John Harden to get the one seed. You know, they'll probably play John Harden again. You know, we keep saying that. But, right. Uh, probably going to play them again in the second round. Uh, Gabe Bowling, their quarterback, had a great night. Uh, rushed for over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Also threw a touchdown pass. You know, Spencer County lost to John Harden forty-one to nothing in the playoffs last year, and I realized that you know personnel changes and things like that. But right. When you can make that significant, significant of a turnaround, um, that's big. So you know Spencer County, they're six and three. They they've got a home game this Friday against Henry County. Um, they should win that, going to the playoffs seven and three, and 
that's a team that I think, you know, can get past the second round of the playoffs, get into that final A to 4A, and then it just becomes about matchups. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how far they can go. Absolutely. Let's break down these top games this week. And, again, it's going to be fun. Before we talk Mel Manuel, we'll save that for the end. We'll keep the suspension going for everybody. They're just dying to hear what we have to say about that game. Let's talk about first Bullet East at Oldham County. This is, if not for Mel Manuel, I would love to see this game. Both of these offenses have been really fun to watch. So the matchup of Sam Young with Travis Egan, you know, like it's going to be fun. Yeah. This could be a really, really fun game. Before I give my thoughts on it, just what are your impressions on this matchup? And there's a good chance a lot of points yeah. could be scored in this one. This could be one of those like 55 to 52 type games. Yes. I'm always interested in coaches' mindsets this last week because these games this week don't mean anything, right. at least as far as the playoffs go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know you're going to play in the playoffs uh, starting next weekend. Um, you don't want your stars to get hurt yeah. in, in, this week. So I'm, already, I'm always interested in how coaches approach this. Now – you know, if you're going full bore in this game, everybody's playing. You got two seven and two teams. Uh, you know, top ten, top fifteen teams in six A. This is obviously an interesting matchup, um, and I'm with you. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I think uh, Bullet East is going to be looking for a little momentum going to the playoffs yeah. after uh, what happened to them last week against Mayo. Um, and as far as a pick goes, I. I, I think Bullet East is just a little bit more battle tested. I think they've played some tougher teams, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and that's why I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Chargers in this one. I th- I, I think um, you know I, I like the fact that they've maybe uh, like I said been a little more tested through the season than Oldham County has. I definitely agree with that, and again, I think that if they can ball up what they did in the first half against Mel and use it. Yeah. The rest of the season, again, they can make some interesting noise and, again, at least have some teams on their heels a little bit. So I agree. I also am going to pick Bullet East. And, again, I think that could be a very fun game. What about Eastern at Christian Academy? I mean, we talked about this last week. Cal, they pretty much become the team to beat in 3A. They played really good. They're 8-1. and one. A lot of guys have emerged and stepped up, and just everyone is taking care of business on that team. Eastern, they were blown out by Trinity 56-21, to but at least the start of the game, we yeah. thought like, uh-oh, Eastern, you got Pierce Humpix, you just running with an 80-yard touchdown first play from scrimmage. So, But again, I guess, again, reality set in, and Trinity was able to kind of assert his dominance, but... Eastern's had a really, really good season. Uh, I know it's four and five, but compared to what they have dealt with yeah. in the past, Sean Young's definitely trying to change the culture a little bit. And, uh, again, you have to give props to what Christian Academy has done. I do think Cal will win pretty comfortably uh, in this game. I, I just don't think that Eastern's defense will be able to slow down this high-powered offense that Christian Academy has. And um, I just think that, yeah, they'll just kind of take care of business and – uh, get ready for uh, Henry County in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, no real news here. Cal's, you know, they're a heavy favorite in this game. Um, just in doing a little research, uh, we've talked about Easton Messer this year, but, man, he's got 18 touchdowns this year, and he has them in five different ways. I, I think this is just fascinating. Um, you know, he's a wide receiver, so 11 touchdowns receiving. No surprise there. Three rushing touchdowns, so – you know, they can get him out in space, and he can do some damage there. 
two interception returns, <laughs> one fumble return, and one punt return. Yeah. So does this kid ever leave the field? I know. That's what I want to know. Uh, I mean, East semester, he's, he's got some D1 offers. It'll be interesting to see kind of where he ends up. But uh, an outstanding athlete who's having an outstanding year there. But, uh, yeah, I, you know. As far as a pick, I think it's pretty obvious Cal wins this game. Yes. Now, Metcalf County at Kentucky Country Day, KCD, very impressive win. Once again, rolling past eminence. Uh, like we kind of mentioned, no surprises there. And uh, these guys have continually taken care of business. I saw uh, Matt Jones over the weekend. I talked to him for a little bit. And, uh, again, uh, I think, like we had joked about this before, I think this summer I think he – Tried to he really downplayed. He Lou Holtz this man. He really did. He he, he said totally oh. went Lou Holtz on. <laughs> he did big time. He he made it think like right now they might be like six and five yeah. or something like that. But they're eight and one and uh they're, you know, one of the best teams in class A once again. So he's just done a fantastic job uh, with that program. But then you got a good Metcalf County yeah. team. Uh for me, you know, I was in bowling green over the years, so I know plenty about uh, the Harbinson dynasty of Metcalf County football. And for those true fans of high school football in this state, you've known about the Harbinson family and just that tradition there. So LJ Harbison is the coach. His dad was the coach. His uncle was the head coach. And those have been the last three head coaches, Harbison's. Yep. Uh, so it's a really cool uh, dynamic there. And I even did stories on it in the past. But KCD has been a really good, good just animal right now and they're on a nice little roll so I am going to pick KCD to get the win but it'll still be a good test and challenge for them because Metcalf County they really do play old school hard-nosed type football but I I like what KCD once again brings to the table this is how long the Harbisons have been around Metcalf County when I started at the Daily News in 1995 (laughs) there was a Harbison coach in Metcalf County so um you know they got a huge win last week. They beat Green County twenty-eight to twenty-six. That was that was Green County's first loss of the season. Um, you know they're a two A school. Uh, they're you know those teams are always hard nosed, just tough, yeah. fundamentally sound. This is going to be a test for KCD. I, I'm with you. I'm going to pick KCD, but this will not be like last week against Eminence. I don't think. I don't think KCD is going to put up. 58 points on Metcalf County. Now, uh, Matt Jones might be listening to this and laughing at me, but um, I, I, you know, I, I think this could be a close game. But you know, you know, Nate Caldwell's back. He's running the ball well. It gives them you know two really good running backs with him and EJ Dickerson. So um, this will be an interesting game. But yeah, I'm with you. I'll take KCD. Yep. Speaking of Bowling Green connections, <laughs> they're just all over the place. Here's uh, a game that we obviously know a lot about, and uh, we know about the history, at least the recent history, if you will. That homecoming for Kevin Wallace, heading back to Bowling Green, obviously now being the same ex-coach. And we both, at some point in time from his run there from 96 to 2017, we all covered. You kind of covered the start of it. I covered the back end of it. And we both covered just those runs and playing for state titles and winning state titles and so many great teams and great players. And so he's going back. Normally, this has been a fun matchup. Yeah. Uh, Bowling Green has been able to beat St. X in those matchups, and uh, St. X won at BG, I guess, what, two years ago? Um, But Bowling Green, coming off that state title last year, they lost a lot of guys, like uh, uh, Jordan Dingle, who's at UK. Like, they just lost a lot of weapons. So this is just not the same Bowling Green team. 
they do have some momentum. They beat rival Greenwood. They beat Christian County. So they've been able to put together a few wins. But obviously, St. X being the second-best team in 6A, one of the five best teams in the entire state, I, I mean, St. X is – I think they will comfortably yeah, uh, get yeah. this win over the purple. So, yeah, I'm going St. X. And uh, Kevin Wallace can – you can say, say he got one at his old stomping grounds. Yeah, I, you know – like you said, in most years, this would be a matchup of, you know, two of the top five or ten teams in the entire state, regardless yeah. of class. But it just doesn't set up that way this year. Bowling Green has struggled against a really good schedule. Um, you know, they're now they're no longer sort of the – well, I shouldn't say no longer. This year, at least, they're not the top dog in that city anymore with what South Warren yeah. is doing. So, yeah. um, you know, South Warren is one of the top contenders for the Class 5A title. Um, you know, Bowling Green's still got talent. Oh, you know, yeah. Jeremiah Lightfoot's a huge defensive lineman there who's committed to Eastern Kentucky. He's having a good season. But um, Kevin Wallace, you know, they've got it They've got it going at St. X. They, St. X, they won six in a row. Um, he's not going to risk losing that momentum. No. Uh, and he's not going to risk uh, hearing about it from his buddies down in Bowling Green. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I look for Jack Savory to have a big game here. Um and that's going to be a game that if they can get a dominant lead in the first half and don't risk anybody getting hurt in the second half and have a safe trip back home to, to Louisville where, um, you know, the way the RPI is set up, St. X may never have to leave Louisville uh, yeah. in, until the state final. Yeah, but, yeah, you can trust. Be, like, say for sure, Kevin Wallace is going to make sure these guys come out to play. Especially for him, like I said, going to Bowling Green to play and all his buddies there. Yeah. It's like, okay, there is the St. X Trinity game, but that's his Trinity game when they go to play Bowling Green. He would never say that on the record, but we know Kevin Wallace. We know what he's feeling every time he gets ready to play Bowling Green. So, that yeah, that'll be uh, cool for him to be able to go back. All right, Mel at Manual. It's going to be that game. You're going to have to get there at like 5.30. The game starts at 7.30, but if you know the parking situation (laughs) at Manual Stadium, you are going to have to get there early. Because yeah, everybody's going to be there, and checks it, is going to be hopping on Friday night. <laughs> yes, a, it is. A little, little bar down the street. Let's just, be, let's just be honest about that. That's it. We won't be going there, <laughs> not at all. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be covering the game. But yeah, the old rivalry, it's back, and it's going to be fun. And you know, Manuel, I I think this is probably the one team I go back and forth on so much because I've watched the Manuel team play Ballard and look like one of the best teams in the state. Grant, I still think they are. But then I've also watched Manuel play St. X and say, like, how could they even give Mail a game? Yeah. That's where, you know, I'm so turned on it. But just because, like how it was, I guess, two years ago, where Manuel was still the heavy, or Mail was still the heavy favorite, and it took a late field goal for Mail to win that game yeah. and some questionable clock management for Manuel at the end of that. Mail survived. I could still, just because it's a rivalry, the game playing out that way. And obviously, again, when you still got Juwan Northington on the other side of the field, it's still going to create a tough matchup. And Manuel is still one of the better teams in the state. Mail is Mail. I still have to kind of stick with what I said to start the year. I still have them running the table. So I have to kind of keep putting my money where my mouth is. So I'm picking Mel to win this game. I don't rule out a nail-biting game, but when Mel is on, I also don't rule out them doing what St. X did to Manuel either. But I'm going with the Bulldogs, and 
I think they'll just continue to roll. And I think that the message was made clear after that first half with Bullies. And knowing Chris Wolf and his way <laughs> and his very calm demeanor, he will have them motivated and ready to play this game. So I just don't think what happened in the first half against Bullies will happen in this game. So I think Mel is just – I think they're going to take care of business. I think they'll get the win. Yeah, I mean, you can't say Mayo's going to go undefeated this year and then say, oh, but they're going to lose to Manuel. So, um, you know, I'd, lo- I'd love to sort of be the contrarian here and say, oh, Manuel's going to win this rivalry game. But I'm going with Mayo. Um, just too many weapons on, on defense. Um, and I-, I think Jawan Northern might have a tough time moving the ball yeah. because, you know, you know, Mayo's going to dare you to throw it. And, uh, you know, Darian Wilson's had a good year at quarterback for Manuel, but he's going to have to make some plays um, this Friday night for them to be in the game. Um, you know, this is such a robbery, and I'd kind of forgotten this. It's been eight years since Manuel beat Mayo. You have to go all the way back to uh, to 2013. Manuel won that game 32-29. to There's been a couple close ones since then. Um, but, you know, beyond the – you know, beyond the stats and everything, it's just a great week for both schools. Yeah, I mean, we don't get to talk to about too many rivalries that go back to the to the eighteen hundreds, which yeah. is just uh, crazy when you think about it. And uh, you know, they both have their spirit weeks all week. Um, <laughs> probably the coolest thing they do is Manuel's pep rally. Yeah, and they do the whole funeral service for the bulldog, yeah. which is really cool if you've ever got a chance to see that. Yeah. So. It's a great week for both schools. It's what high school sports are all about. Yep. Um, you know, these sort of rivalries, and uh, it'll be a great atmosphere. Hopefully weather night is nice Friday night. But, uh, yeah, I, as far as a pick goes, i got to go with mail. Still, regardless, it's going to be a, a fun game and just a great environment. And, again, like you said, it's what it's all about when it comes to high school sports. This is what we've just been waiting for. And, again, there's so much anticipation because of not – Playing this game last year, it's going to be yeah, fun. Yeah. So yeah, and there's also there's going to be some other games going on Friday. You can check out Collins at Great Crossing. That could be a fun one. You got South Odom, who's hosting Central Harden. Those two teams yeah. have had really good years. So there's plenty of games. There's plenty of opportunities as always. And yeah, looking forward to this week. And uh, it's always fun and good show. Looking forward to get this week over. To be honest with you, I'm ready for the playoffs to start. So <laughs> you know, mail manual. It's great that they play this game the last week of the regular season because if if not, you know I think we can almost skip covering this week. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. you know Mayo Mayo is a great game, and, and you know Boyd East Oldham County will be a very interesting matchup as well. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be fun, and I am looking forward to this week too. It's going to be some good games and enjoying all of the preps coverage that's been going on with all the postseason sports and. And so much more. So, yeah, be sure you're following along and uh, the coverage is coming. So, outside of that, thanks for listening to this podcast. It was fun. You allowed me to rant uh, to start the show. And hopefully you all stuck around and listened to us talk football. Because uh, that's still what the show is all about. Some good high school football. We thank you all, as always, for listening to the Prep Rally Podcast. For Jason Frakes, I'm Dominique Yates. We'll see you next week.